This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's where State Farm Small Business Insurance comes in. State Farm agents are small business owners themselves, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Amazon. They're the undisputed king of online retail, in part because they can get you what you want and fast. Now someone wants to help the little guys compete. Our line to a lot of brands and retailers is operate like Amazon, but on your own and 23 hours faster. It might seem impossible to imagine a startup that could really compete with Amazon. But the surprising thing is that 56% of e-commerce sales happen somewhere other than Amazon. And that's a lot of market up for grabs. Today's entrepreneur is raising one and a half million dollars, and she's here to convince five investors to help her get started. I'm Josh Muccio, and from Gimlet Media, this is The Pitch. Our first investor? I'm Phil Nadell. As a serial entrepreneur, Phil built companies that sold for hundreds of millions of dollars. Now he manages one of the largest syndicates on AngelList. I'm Charles Hudson. Charles is with Precursor Ventures, where he's invested 20 million in over 100 startups to date. I'm Nicole Verkent. Nicole is a founder CEO whose previous companies did over 60 million in annual sales. Now, she's also an angel investor. I'm Michael Hyatt. Michael built and sold two software companies for over $500 million. And now, he invests for himself. I'm Jillian Manis. Jillian is a partner at Structure Capital, where they've invested 98 million so far in high-profile startups like Uber. All right, on with the pitch. Here's Chelsea. Uh, my name is Chelsea Lee. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Shipsy. So before we dive into it today, um, has anyone ordered anything online recently? Yes. Yeah. Yes, like okay. 3 o'clock in the morning. Okay. Filters for my home. You know, filters, the air filters for your home. He is yes. so cool. So I ordered a bunch oh, of books. 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 So books. many books. They sell them online now. So oh, many books. Yes. Amazing. Good to know. Great. Okay. So I'll use the filter example because... Yeah, the air filters. Yes. Yeah. That's very important, right? right. And shampoo. There. Yes. Shampoo is also very important. Yes. Um, okay. So very urgent. You're completely out of shampoo. You need shampoo and you need your air filters. If you were online shopping and you saw three different options at checkout, one was seven to 10 days for free overnight for maybe 40, or you could get it within an hour for, let's say, $9. Which one would you pick? And the within overnight was hour? 40? Within an hour. And overnight was 40. And overnight was 40. I mean, this is a trick question, Chelsea. <laughs> Not trying to be tricky. I'd go seven Okay, so to I'm going to play your game. Yes, I'd like my filters in one hour for $9. Yes. I'm going to say yes to that. So okay. how does this happen, Chelsea? Magic. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, so that's that's what we do. We're currently live and operating. We basically add an option at checkout so the consumers can receive merchandise in an hour or less. We aggregate all of the last mile delivery partners in the area. So we aggregate the Ubers, the Postmates, the Instacarts, the Delivs, the Dropoffs. We aggregate all of those and then give the end consumer the best option. So to set the, the market for this, 
There was over $700 billion last year alone left in total shopping cart abandonment. Oh. Of that, $135 billion was left specifically because people couldn't get their shampoo fast enough or people couldn't get their air, fil- air filters fast enough. So that $135 billion is just because people couldn't get things fast How enough. How do you know that? Uh, it was a big study from the NRF on census that I can send to you. By signing up for Shipsy, online retailers can add one-hour delivery to their shipping options. It basically plugs into the big rideshare and courier companies, finds an available driver, and makes the delivery happen. And you're taking a fee from the provider. Mm -hmm. So we don't take anything on the delivery fee. The reason we don't take a fee from that is that we want to make sure that that price is as low as possible. Uh, So our revenue model is... 100% volume or value driven for the retailer. Basically, the more online orders they get, the more that they pay us. So So it's a SaaS model for the brands and retailers? So you have partnerships with Uber and Lyft? You have already, you have partnerships with them? Yes. In the same way that Uber is basically a taxi company that doesn't own any taxis, Shipsy is basically a delivery company that doesn't own any delivery trucks. Is this a way for brands and retailers to basically compete with Amazon's one-hour shipping option? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that our, what they're primarily interested in doing? Yeah, a lot of them. So our, our line to a lot of brands and retailers is operate like Amazon but on your own and 23 hours faster. Uh, and people tend to like that. But Amazon could just turn this on, right? And, and yeah. just grab Ubers and everybody else. Yeah. Because Amazon, They're people should understand, now. is ruthlessly competitive. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and they will, yeah. they no, want what Amazon you're doing. Amazon does offer one hour Just not delivery. in Canada. In oh, certain okay. cities. They offer so, one so, hour delivery already. So you're yeah. saying like, look, there's a lot of people selling stuff online. Yeah. And they would love to have quicker, better fulfillment for customers. And they would love to offer one hour delivery, mm-hmm. which they cannot do because they don't have the yeah. strength of an Amazon or a Walmart or what have you, right? Yeah. You're saying, so if I'm a regular retailer and even if I have 100 shops or 50 shops, and that's still relatively small, yeah. Or even two shops, or just a Shopify. Yeah, I can offer now one-hour shipping by just integrating with you. It's seamless. I don't see Shipsy. Yeah, all I see is now I offer one. People are going to think that's great. Yeah, and that's all you're saying. Your value proposition. It's you're bringing it to everybody. Yeah, and yeah. they get to keep their margins. You're making a, get a kind of an estimation that most of these items that people want to buy are in a close proximity to a major city that you can get picked up and delivered by Uber yeah. pretty quick. Yeah, that's what you're doing, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what e-commerce platforms are you integrating with? Are you in Shopify, for instance, that yes. would be able to get? Yes. So Shopify is completely automated. Uh, someone can sign up on their own uh, through an, a download in the Shopify app store. Everyone pays a one-time setup fee, a monthly recurring fee, and then also a flat rate of $5 per transaction. If you're not familiar with Shopify, it's one of the largest e-commerce platforms in the world. Well over half a million merchants use Shopify to operate their online stores. And now, a lot of those retailers can sign on with Shipsy for a price. Are you charging the retailer a monthly subscription? Yes. How much are you charging them? Uh, it ranges from $100 a month to $10,000 a month. Now, that's interesting. Based so, on? Say it again. Based, it's $100 a month to $10,000 a month based on the number of transactions. So the more e-com orders that they get, the more that they pay us. And the basically. five bucks is on top of that? Yes. It yes. just feels rich, doesn't it? $5 per transaction. That feels a little steep, isn't it? For the brand or the retailer, let me tell you why we haven't had pushback on that. The average to ship a package uh, in the U.S. is $12 per, per package. 
the brand or the retailer isn't paying that freight anymore because they're not delivering it to UPS or FedEx. So compared to the $12, the retailer is seeing, great, I can do it for five. Yeah. So you build a retailer, let's say it's The Gap or Banana mm-hmm. Republic or something. Yeah. You're, gonna, you're going to bill them $5 per transaction. Yeah. Well, and are, there... you up, are you up and going right now? Are you doing this? Yes. So how yes. long have you been doing it? So we finished the technology in October of last year. Mm-hmm. We did a couple hundred transactions. Uh, transactions with alpha and beta customers in New York, Chicago, LA, and San Francisco. Why wouldn't Why wouldn't Postmates or Uber do this themselves? Yeah, um, I don't think Uber's not in the business of going to retailers and setting up a nine hour. One hour it wouldn't shipping. be that Maybe hard for them to have a Shopify app. Yeah, right. For Postmates, Postmates to- already does have a Shopify app. What we've found is that because of our aggregation. Um, the coverage is I did better? a test a couple weeks ago, and it was a $24 piece of merchandise. The post, like through the Postmates um, and Shopify, it was $23 to get it, whereas we had another provider that would do it for 7 So you bid it out to the best price you're delivering yes. to them. And the retailer, the retailer is not going to do seven integrations for one-hour shipping. They're not going to do a separate yeah. integration for no. Uber or Postmates. For sure. They want I guess right. What I was thinking is that between, like, let's say Postmates or Uber, that they would cover enough geographic area that, you know, you wouldn't really— They'd have enough scale. They wouldn't, they wouldn't need—you wouldn't need the aggregation piece because Postmates has such big coverage. But maybe I'm wrong about what that. What if one of them goes out or that price difference, right? One of them was $23 versus $7. Fundamentally, we believe that all logistics will be on demand. All e-commerce will be on demand in the next three, five years, right? There's I agree. different I agree. things that are coming up in the market. A bike or a truck or a cart or a drone. Scooter. A drone. I mean, that's okay, a big but, project but for Uber right to, now. To why is it better than Postmates doing their, you know, they have their own Shopify app. Yeah. So why is a retailer better off working with you than with the Postmates AP or um, a Shopify app? Yeah. If you were a retailer, would you want to spend the time for your buyer or your planner or your person in the store trying to track down an Uber driver? Like a big part of it is the customer service layer behind that. But Uber drivers are the easiest people to track down on the planet. Mm, I mean, not they, for but, retail people at the store. I don't buy that. Really? But also, argue like you could FedEx and UPS each go everywhere. Right. And lots of retailers offer multiple options for the same ship, for the same. I think, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to make your argument for you, Chelsea. I yeah. think redundancy is valuable yeah. for retailers because, because you remember these networks are, they, they stretch and they grow. You might, you might hit a point where all the Postmates people are out delivering lunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. To Nicole's point. And you want to have a fallback. And if you can get, and when, and when scooter delivery or drone delivery comes out, you don't want to have to say, okay, now we have to go. Redo the implementation. We are very early. We just started onboarding paying customers literally this quarter. We have about 20 paying customers that are all in implementation right now. They will be launching publicly literally next week. Can you tell us what you think your revenue is going to be this year? Yeah. This year we'll do just under half a million. Um, And my, my question for anything else future, I would say how many companies have you invested in at this stage that those projections were actually right? Um, Thank you for admitting that. <laughs> I mean, I could tell you we're going to do a billion dollars well, What are you doing year. now? What are you doing yeah. now? There's 20, 20 paying customers now yes. right. that are about to launch. Yes. And how much recurring revenue, what's the SaaS revenue yeah. from that? It's a couple thousand a month that we're getting from them. I still technically consider us pre-revenue. A couple thousand from each one? No, it's a couple thousand collectively. We literally just started customers. this quarter. How are you getting sales? 
Our demand right now is far greater than we can currently support. What do you yeah. mean? So how can, how, why can't you fulfill those deals? Uh, my cell phone number is currently the customer service. What happened to my order implementation? I want to invest in Shipsy. I want to sign up <laughs> for Shipsy. Awesome. Welcome to entrepreneurship. Um, yeah. Okay, I got it. Yeah. That's awesome. Wow. Chelsea's really been bootstrapping this thing. And Shipsy has had to leave money on the table because of it. And that's why she's here fundraising. Chelsea needs to hire staff, rent an office, get her cell phone number off the website. You know, make this into a real business. How much are you raising right now? And what has what yeah. your past raises been like? Yeah, so my co-founder, Ben Way, threw in the first 350 and built the API. And then after that, we did a friends and family and raised 380. We're currently raising 1.5 at a 4.5 cap in convertible notes. Um, of that, we have 800 closed or committed, so looking to fill about that 700. How much runway will this round give you? Uh, 18 months 18, at a minimum. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. you're raising 1.5 at a 4.5, yeah. right? You've raised subsequently around 800,000. Yep. At what was the valuation the last round? Uh, 4.5. Okay, so you're doing a flat round. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're just basically coupling everyone together to Very keep reasonable. It simple. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. In a first for the show, the investors actually agree on what the startup's valuation should be. So is this too good of a deal to pass up? Here's Nicole. I was I, I was really in, like by minute five, right, right from the beginning, very, like very in. I'm wavering right now. Like I still want to be in. I think your valuation is reasonable. I think you can make it happen. It's timely. I'm wavering right now because of the stuff Phil's been talking about on scale. I, I, you're, I think you're going to be swallowing an elephant, which all entrepreneurs are. But I think with this one, it's it's all it's going to be all about that scale because your room for error is so small. Yeah, it's one hour, and so that's the part where I'm troubling right now. I think if I were forced into a decision, I'd have to say pass for now. But that I was so in for the whole thing because of a bunch of the trends, because of you, you're a huge part of this, um, and I think you will make it happen. So if I had a lifeline right now, yeah, <laughs> I would call Charles. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He's been a little quiet over there. So uh, do you My mind, thing. Charles, if, if I hear what your yeah, thoughts are? So, um, so, you know, I have a – I'm mostly in. The reason I say mostly in is because I have a bunch of investments in and around shipping that I need to make sure are totally Don't deconflicted. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of the big things I learned is that having one single API for this stuff – it becomes way more valuable over time because logistics just gets more complex. Yeah. So I, I just think trend? about a lot yeah. of, I think a lot about these digitally native vertical brands mm -hmm. that are doing things, tennis shoes, apparel, yes. that are, they're in New York City, they're in mm -hmm. San Francisco, they're in LA, and they're heavily reliant on shipping. But so, how important so, is it to those those examples you gave, how important is it to them to have one hour shipping? I don't think, and I don't think one hour, I think you're going to end up relaxing this one hour thing. Right, I but think let's it's, just say same day. I then. think it's, I think same day is a, Big deal. You do? Yeah. I totally I, I, do. So, so For like tennis shoes? Order in the morning, have it by night. I think, yeah. That, I think Amazon is conditioned to everything. We're living it's in so small. instant gratification. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, chime in, I'll chime in on mine. Um, I, I think uh, I think your ability to bring quick shipping to everybody who's not Amazon is really important. And I think if I'm a Shopify merchant, I really want to – there's a number of them would love to do this if they had that proximity. I think it makes a ton of sense. Um, so I'm in. 
And uh, I'm not sure how much for. I want to spend time on your paperwork and take a little bit of time, do a little bit of diligence. But look, I like you. I like your answers. I like your your continuous valuation. Mm -hmm. I think you have a certain amount of humility, which will make a lot of sense in working with you. I feel like I can work with you. So yeah, I'm in from anywhere from 25 grand to 100 grand. I just don't know. Amazing. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Psyched. Um, I'm in for 300,000. And you, I man, three hundred. I mean, amazing. Yeah, I like what you, you know. I like what you're doing. I think, uh, I think you may end up having your hands full just with Shopify. Yeah. And you yeah. may not need to go beyond that. So let Shopify keep you busy on the demand side yep. for a while. Integrate with as many of these last mile delivery companies as you can. Yeah. But I'm just counting on the fact that the Shopify. Uh, integrations are automated, yep. and and that you don't you don't need to spend any time doing that. Yeah. Good. Sweet. I'm happy to be in. Psyched. Jillian. Thank you. Um, uh, everything about you, I like. Right. As you, the one thing that we were just talking about is the humility piece. Is you'll mm-hmm. say you don't know if you don't know. Yeah. And that does speak volumes to me. Incredible. Um, I um, had three companies we invite, we and none of them worked. One was Doorman, one mm-hmm. was Ship, right, and one was Ghost Truck. Yeah. Okay. And so in my yeah. in my head, I'm thinking, what went wrong with yeah. all of those? And each one had their own individual problems. Ghost Truck had a really hard time um, with their relationship and selling this to mm-hmm. these retailers, yeah. all right? Yep. Ship had a myriad of problems, right? Um, in fact, it, and overvalued. There were so, so many problems. And we I don't know, Charles. But are any of the right? problems I'd, that you experienced with those three t- applicable here? Well, that's what I'm... I'm actually processing yeah. this, and that's I'm part curious. of this. The, mm. This you should right? give her all the lessons um, learned from all. Well, of those we companies. have actually an advisor from who was previously at Ship, and okay. an advisor who was previously head of product at Uber. Okay. Between the two of them, they are my saving grace every week. On so should that, I do this last mile guy, or what about this problem? And they're like, nope. Um, the fact that you have somebody from Ship mm-hmm. is really a big positive for me. That yeah. you can learn from all the yeah. mistakes they made. Yeah. Okay. I initially was thinking at the uh, I was going to be in for about fifty. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go in for 150. Amazing, thank, thank you. you. Yeah, Charles. Is everyone already? Oh, I said I'm in. I, I need to just make sure I'm deconflicted oh, about my right. shipping of it. But we okay. we do 200, 250. And Nicole, where okay. Do you, so I'm Michael, sort of like Michael. So Michael, you're in for anywhere from 25 to 100. Right. Uh, you, Charles, no. If you have no conflict, around 250. Yeah, 200, 250. 250. Yeah. Right, uh, Phil's three hundred. I'm just rounding out. There's yeah. your round, by the way. And there's your round. All right. Okay. That's Fantastic. Fast. Let's Thank you so much. <laughs> so excited. Thank you. Thank you. Cha-ching. Chelsea just did it. She just pulled in over six hundred thousand dollars. Not too bad for an hour's work. But when we come back, Amazon makes a move that could torpedo this entire deal. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. We talk to a lot of entrepreneurs on the show, and one thread that connects them all, they're not just pitching their business, they're pitching themselves. Because small business owners know that their business is more than just a company, it's their whole life. 
And State Farm gets that. State Farm agents are small business owners too, and they know what it takes. They can help you choose personalized policies that fit your budget. That's the personal touch. That's small business insurance from State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. Small business owners know that it's not just business, it's personal. Your business is your life, and State Farm gets that. State Farm agents are small business owners too, so they know what it takes. They can help you create a personalized insurance plan that fits your small business needs and budget. And they live and work in your community. So you're not just getting an insurance plan, you're getting that personal touch. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Welcome back. Before the break, Chelsea Lee reeled in 600K in commitments for her startup. Fast forward a couple months, I called Chelsea up to hear what happened after the pitch. She told me that she was talking to the investors from the show when other VCs started showing up. She already had one lead investor. And then we had actually uh, another, another lead come in or someone that wanted to lead. And then another week went by and we had a third lead come in and say, I want to lead and, and fill the rest of the round. Um, so we, we set out to raise $1.5 and were oversubscribed by a million with three leads. And uh, everyone in is a strategic investor, even, even our angels. And we had to turn quite a few away. So feeling in a, a good spot right now. Holy cannolis. Uh... <laughs> So three lead investors, I've never heard of that. Yeah, um, it, it sort of follows through with uh, the uniqueness of, of our round and the process. And I think our team, uh, it's definitely not normal and it's been a challenge to, to sort it out, but I'm really happy with everyone that's involved. All right, so you're, you're apparently oversubscribed, over 1.5 million. Um, does that mean that pushed out the investors on our show? Uh, you know, I, I really wanted to include the investors from the show, but we didn't even get to that point. I didn't even get the opportunity to kick them out, uh, because they, they didn't come in, which is really unfortunate because they're really, you know, genuinely like all of them. Okay. Um, what do you think of that? What do you, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, it's, uh, it's disappointing. I'm a bit crestfallen here. I'm, I'm not sure what, uh. So was there not like what was there an email to them that was that said, hey, like we're closing this round. These are the investors that are coming in. Now's your chance to get in. Like. Do they know the door the door is closing quickly? Yeah, I mean, they've you know, I was really transparent about it from the beginning with them and said like, I mean, I didn't even get to that point with them. They bowed out before I could even say, look we're oversubscribed. Do you want in or not? Like, I'd love to have you. But they, they bowed out before we even got to that point. What, ha what happened? Why did they bow? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Good question. I'd love to know the answer. <laughs> I found out shortly after this that Charles is actually very much still interested in investing. Like, he wants to put in the 250K 
uh, that he wanted to invest originally, which is huge. But I still wanted to know what happened to the other three investors. Was there something that caused the deal to fall apart? Phil Nadell. Phil Nadell, Joshua Muccio. Josh, how are you? Hi, Phil. I'm well. How are it's you? It's a pleasure to hear from you. You want to talk Shipsy? Sure. Um, what happened with Shipsy? Sure. So the first thing is that shortly after the recording, um, Amazon made an announcement that they are building their own delivery network. They're building their own Shipsy. And um, they're building their own delivery network, which has significantly bad implications for Shipsy, <laughs> uh, in my view. Yeah. So initially, Amazon has said that they are hiring um, a large number of people to deliver Amazon orders within a few hours in local areas all around the country. But they also said uh, that they... Um, will consider expanding this to other merchants as well. So you have you know, competition from Amazon, um, and that is on top of the competition that already existed from Postmates and Instacart and Uber and other delivery networks. And anytime you're competing against Amazon, you have to be concerned. Right. So, so I'll, I'll give you some other concerns. Logistically, there was a concern in that Chelsea had most of the round uh, filled already and was very eager to close the round in, in a, about a two-week period. But the timing really didn't work for us because uh, as a syndicate, you know, our model is such that it takes about two weeks. That's, a, that's how long the process from start to finish takes when we launch a deal through the syndicate. So if I could say this in a concise way, as the deal was heating up after the fact, things started to cool on your end. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know what to say to that. I, told, I, I gave you my answer and you're trying to put it in a sound bite. So... Yes, but like I said, there's also this logistical concern, and the big gotcha that came out after the, the pitch was the Amazon thing, and that was a real, a real big concern as well. Yeah. So, um, so for all these reasons, I'm going to uh, have to pass. And I'm not worried about Chelsea. She just seemed like she had the brown filled and didn't have any problem raising the money. Yeah. So I think she's, she's off to a great start, and I, I, I told her I hope I'm wrong. And I hope she uh, builds a big business. Oh, or oh, I gotta get this. Great, I'll let you go. All right, thanks, thanks for buddy. your time, Phil. Take Bye. Care. So for Phil, timing became an issue for why this deal fell apart. But this Amazon announcement was kind of a big deal. It's this new program to incentivize people to start small businesses that deliver Amazon packages, and you'll even start seeing Amazon's own delivery vans on the road. I asked Jillian how this affected her decision. So Amazon, like this announcement, like it doesn't mean that they're competing with Shipsy right now, but like 
five, 10 years down the line? Like, wouldn't they just turn this on? No, I'm thinking, I'm thinking more like a year down the line. I'm thinking a year to two years down the line. I, to be able to turn that on is nothing for them. You think they'll do it faster? You have to understand. Well, let me bring a good point in that Amazon announced also in this frame, in this time frame, that they are partnering up with American Express and others to do a high, a very targeted um, incentive program to small business, to SMBs. They're already now beginning to look at that in not just inside of the, uh, the network, but outside the network. How can they bring everyone in? And so that was another point of reference for me to say, listen, they're going to take this whole cake. They may be just taking a piece of it right now, but they're going to take it. And by the way, they can, they will, and it's not difficult. It sounds like Amazon is looking to work more with small businesses that aren't already selling on their platform. And that makes Jillian nervous. Who knows what Amazon's going to do, but they're gorilla and they seem to be eating up everything and everybody. So when they say specifically that they're going into this space, um, that is a concern. That's definitely a concern. Yeah. Jillian, thank you so much. Thanks so much, Josh. All right. Take care. Cheers. Bye. Hey there, man. Hey there. I'm walking the busy streets of Toronto. <laughs> How's the weather? <laughs> you know what? It's so freaking hot here. And I just the last person I spoke with in my quest for answers was Michael Hyatt. So tell me what happened with Shipsy after the fact. I... I had a few conversations with Chelsea and a number of email correspondents. I really like her. And then right afterwards, um, Amazon kind of came out and said they're getting into the kind of shipping business and kind of making it shipping for all. And I think that muddied the waters a little for me. I just couldn't get comfortable enough that they were going to be the winner of this space uh, and that this, this made a ton of sense, uh, especially yeah. with Amazon's announcement. And sometimes what happens is that... Um, uh, you just need more time to do due diligence, and you don't have that time. After a show, uh, typically there's a buzz around these, these, these companies, and they all going to raise their round extremely quickly within a matter of weeks. And if you can't do due diligence enough, ask enough people, you, you can't, if you don't get enough comfort, then it's, it's better not getting into the fear of missing out thing and just pass on it. Like it came together for them, like they were like, putting to their round within a week of the show. And I was just like, whoa. Oh, okay. that fast. Wow. Well, it was really fast, but I think that's great. I mean, yeah. for them, but as an investor, it's like, okay, you know, the Amazon thing comes out, you're trying to digest it. You need to make phone calls. You need to understand like what's going on. You know, you need to try to put this whole thing together. And uh, sometimes it's a bit fast, but you know, but, but look, I've been an entrepreneur and I've raised money before myself. And I think they did the right thing. If they can raise the money and they're happy with their investors, I think good on them. I think they're yeah. doing the right thing. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate it, especially on such short notice. Thanks for uh, taking the time. Okay, Josh. See you. All right. Bye. Bye. And with that, I had my answers. It was time to give Chelsea another ring. Good morning. This is Chelsea. Hi, Chelsea. Good morning. So I got updates from each of the investors. Oh, 
Okay, let's hear it. Okay, so they all had like different issues that they ran into. Okay. There was like a common thread of like the deal happened too fast. I wasn't able to do the due diligence I wanted to. Um, Jillian had some other things in due diligence. But the one thing that all three investors, this is Jillian, Michael, and Phil mentioned was the Amazon news. That for them was... Yeah. Yeah, that was like a big deal for them. Hmm. Wow. Okay. Well, there's nothing I can do about uh, Amazon public, um, you know, publicizing an article and, um, you know, it's, uh, it is what it is and it, it actually doesn't, I don't believe it impacts our business. You don't think so? No, I don't, especially at this stage. Um, you know, we're not trying to compete with them by any means. Um, you know, personally, I think anyone who does is foolish, but, um, So the thing I would say that I heard from the investors was like, yeah, maybe it's not competitive right now, but they, Mm -hmm. I thought like, oh, well, five, 10 years, like they're going to look for other opportunities to continue to expand the market and like take as much of the pie as they can. And why wouldn't they like open up this feature, you know? And Jillian said, she's like, it's not going to be five or 10 years. She's like, I think it's going to be a year or two. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, so they were they saying that we're a little bit too early or a little bit too late? Um, I don't think it was early or late. I think they were seeing the news from Amazon as like a kind like of spooked them. Y- yes, for sure. I could definitely see why it would have spooked them. Yeah. But also as like a signal of kind of where they're going in the future. Not everything's going to be in network. We need to be willing to like, as we grow, ah. like start doing some stuff out of network. Okay. Huh. Interesting. Well, it's great to get some clarity. Thank you for uh, doing the reverse diligence for me and <laughs> <Is that helpful? laughs> kind of putting it to bed. Yeah, it is. It's actually a big relief. And, and I think that the timing of it, you know, is, is just really interesting. Um, but I am a big believer that there are things fall in place for a reason. And, but I, I also feel really, really confident in moving forward with the investors that we have and I'm yep. a big believer the universe kind of points you in the right direction and <laughs> you can't fight that you just have to ride the wave well good luck thank you Chelsea thank you great to catch up and, and thanks so much for the news I appreciate it happy to help so here's the thing If entrepreneurs never started businesses that might compete with an Amazon, Google, or an Apple, no startups would ever start up. But then from the other side of this, if you're an investor and a big tech company seems to be sniffing around an entrepreneur's idea, yeah, I'd think twice too about investing. But regardless, it sounds like Chelsea's doing just fine. It looks like Charles is investing and Chelsea's found lots of other investors who are ready and willing to laugh in the face of danger. That's all for today's episode. We are thrilled to be back in your ears. I've got some exciting new episodes coming your way, so stay tuned. Oh, and hey, if you're enjoying the show, please take the opportunity to tell your friends about us and maybe even leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That would just rock my socks. 
Our show is produced by me, Josh Muccio, Kareem Maddox, and Molly Donahue. We are edited by Blythe Terrell. We're mixed by Enoch Kim, original music composed by The Musemaker. Our theme music is by Breakmaster Cylinder. Thanks to Lisa Muccio for planning the recording of this pitch. We discovered Shipsy because of an introduction from Howie Diamond with Alpha Bridge Ventures. If you're a startup founder who's raising funds, you should definitely apply to pitch on our show. You can go to the pitch.show slash apply to do that. And as a reminder, no offer to invest is being made to or solicited from the listening audience on today's show. All right, you've been listening to The Pitch from Gimlet Media. We'll be back with a brand new episode next Wednesday. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's where State Farm Small Business Insurance comes in. State Farm agents are small business owners themselves, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.